that I can stand and say that this morning is a miracle, Father. Any one of us can stand and say, Emmanuel, God with us, that you chose us, Father. best present ever, Lord. We can call you Emmanuel. And we can stand and say in confidence that God is with us. Oh, Father, I pray that you pour out your spirit this morning upon us, Lord. Father, we can stand and say, Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, I know there's some that walked in here this morning who does not have the confidence to stand and say that, Lord. But I pray that before they leave this service this morning, that you would give them the confidence that they can stand and say, God is with me. (laughs) So, Father, I pray right now that you move at your softening hearts. That you be challenging some hearts this morning, Father. In your precious holy name we pray. Amen, amen. The Lord bless you this morning. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. Appreciate you guys very much. Merry Christmas. This is my first Christmas as a pastor on a Sunday, and so I'm so excited about today. I'm so excited you guys are here. Uh, I even busted out my tie for you. And uh, I know, I know, it gets better. My one, (laughs) you know, it's very special. I put my one pair of slacks on for you today, okay? I got one pair and this is it. (laughs) So we're celebrating big time this morning for Christmas and uh, just excited to worship with you on today of all days that marks the birth of Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, it's funny, I was talking to a gentleman this week, he's like, well, you know, we should, ce- we should celebrate this more than just one day. And this is one day, though, we're here together, and we're with you guys, and we're excited about today. And I promise I'll try not to keep you long, but uh, we're going to just jump right into it. We've been looking at different times in the Christmas story, and you've, you've read these times, you know these times, you're familiar with these times. If you ever heard the Christmas story, the angel of the Lord appears, Right? The angel of the Lord appeared to Mary, appeared to Mary, and can you imagine an angelic being, and it's not the ones you think of, the cute little fat belly harp playing angels. It's not that kind of angel. We're talking about a a warlike creature. I mean, they're they're just just the manliest manliest, and I'm not offending nobody, but I'm just saying they're just... They're like David's mighty men. I mean, that's, they're just, that's what you think of when you think of an angel. A warrior is what you need to think of. And so imagine this giant warrior figure standing before a teenage girl, right? Come on, let's be honest. Standing in front of any of us, we'll be huddled up in a fetal position. But this was standing in front of a teenage girl. And so, of course, what's the first words to her going to be? Fear not. Right? I mean, I would, be, I would be petrified at that moment. The angel of the Lord pierced her and says, fear not. Walks her through why she shouldn't be afraid of what the Lord has planned for her. Then we looked at Joseph, and, and you know, imagine Joseph. Imagine being in Joseph's shoes. Your, your fiancé comes, and guess what? I'm pregnant. You start trying, you're like, hang on a second. I don't think that could be right. <laughs> If it is right, that means something else that we need to talk about, right? I mean, there are all these questions that are going around in Joseph's mind. And so this angelic being comes before Joseph and says, fear not, right? 
Fear not, trust my plans. I, I got something for you. And today we're going to look at another one of these stories. And the fear we're going to talk about today is the fear of, of not being good enough. I mean, that's a heavy one in our culture today, the fear of not being good enough. I mean, just look at the, the, your social media if you don't believe that's a thing. You know, I mean, every picture, come on, nobody puts a burnt roast pot roast on the Instagram, do they? No. I mean, it's a beautiful, it's glistening, it's got gravy pouring all, I mean, it's just a beautiful thing, right? Nobody puts their failures on there, right? You put your best because that, you, you, we have this fear of not being good enough. And some of you that believe in God, you, you believe, or you believe there's more to this life than there is, that something's going to happen to us when we die, if you're honest, in, in quiet moments, a lot of people will ask, well, what, what, what do you think is going to happen to me? Am I good enough? You know, I don't know about how you grew up, or, but it, when I was growing up, it, it seemed like I could never measure where I stood with God. I've told you a little bit how we grew up. I grew up very legalistic. You did these rules and you followed, you knew, you knew, you knew. but as a kid, come on. As a kid growing up, how many of you have ever had your, your rapture moment? You know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about you, the rapture's going to take place one day and twinkling your eye, the Lord's going to come take back his own, and mom and dad are gone. And they shouldn't be gone. But they're gone. And so you're, you're out of panic in your heart because you're like, oh my gosh, it happened and I'm still here, Right? And you, we've had those moments, but you know, to make matters worse, there was this prayer that was popular in my days. And it was a prayer for kids. And you think, oh, this is a cute little prayer. Until you get to one part, and this one part should freak you out as a kid. And many of you know this prayer. You could probably recite it with me, but imagine as a child, you're getting on your knees. You're getting ready for bed. You're, you're about to crawl in bed, and now you pray. Here's the prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. You guys heard this? I pray my Lord, my soul to keep. Here's where it turns dark. If I should die before I wake, what? I'm a child. I should be thinking of these things right now. Are you kidding me? If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord, my soul to take. No, I don't want to go nowhere. And it's like, good night, sweet dreams. Don't let the bug bite. Like, what? How do you sleep after that prayer? And we laugh, but as a kid, it was a scary thing of not being good enough. And if we're honest, as adults, there's still the fear creeps into our lives sometimes, that feeling of not being good enough. And today we're going to look at another fear not angel story. Let's look at Luke chapter 2. We're going to read eight verses, or verses 8 through 11 there in Luke chapter 2. And the key player in our story today is the shepherds. So in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were fear, filled with great fear. Verse number 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the sea of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now some people could ask, okay, what's the good news? 
I mean, if we need a Savior, what do we need a Savior from? It's a valid question. What's interesting to me about this story is who the angel appeared to. Now, for example, back in Jesus' time, whenever a family would give birth to a child, it was common if they had the financial means, they would hire, hire a herald to basically scream all throughout the countryside that you had a kid. And especially, for example, if they had their first son, right? If they had their first son, that would be a really big deal because it was a symbol of God's blessing on the family that their name would continue on and on. And God was blessed in their family. So they would hire a herald to announce the good news that their child was born. Well, this is what God is doing in our story today. God is, is heralding the good news. He sends angels to announce the good news. But what's really interesting, and think about it, is the Son of God is being born on earth. So who do you think God will announce this good news to? Right? I mean, think about it. Here comes the Messiah. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So who are you going to go announce this to? Well, right off the bat, I mean, I'm thinking, let's go to the kings, right? Let's go announce it to the kings. At the very least, let's go to the religious leaders, maybe the Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees. Let's go make a big deal out of this. But instead, in our story this morning, we see that God sends angels to make the herald announcement to shepherds. And you're thinking, well, of course, my nativity scene, it has those shepherds in it. They're cute. So it makes sense. But here's what you don't understand about shepherds. They were some of the most disrespected people around. The job of a shepherd was a low, so low that a father would give it to the youngest son because he's like, this is this nobody, not only my boy's doing this. It was often reserved for slaves because shepherds were uneducated. They had no means of advancing their career. In fact, according to the religious system of the day, shepherds were always rejected. The religious leaders taught that shepherds were not good enough for God and they could not be made right with God. So in fact, the shepherds could not live up to the religious rules of the day. Anybody relate? And so it's no wonder they were always worried and living in fear of where they stood with God because they were told from day one they're not good enough. You'll never be, if you're a shepherd, you'll never be good enough for God. So now, why do, why do they feel far from God? And I'm gonna give you some reasons. I, I think these reasons could apply to our lives where we're at today. Is sometimes why we feel the distance between us and God. And sometimes we're, we're wondering where do we stand with God? Some of these feelings are at play. The first reason that shepherds felt far from God is they felt unworthy. Many of us feel that way right now. We feel unworthy. I mean, we, I know what I did. You know what you did. And so oftentimes we, we feel that. We, feel, we come into a Sunday morning worship song service like this morning, like, I don't even want to raise my hand. Because I know some of the choices I made this week. I know when I got angry. I know when I, when I overstepped some boundaries. I know when I did this, I did this. So many of us feel unworthy. In fact, the shepherds, they were outcasts in Israel. and They were taught specifically that they were not good enough for God. And 
the reasons why, I mean, there were nomads. They were wondering. Their, their jobs took them on the road. They were traveling for days, kind of like a trucker. They were gone for 10 days to a month to weeks at a time. And before they could come back to the temple, they were declared ceremonially unclean. So right off the bat, their job disqualified them from God. They were not right with God because they couldn't perform their religious duties because their job took them on the road. And if you can imagine, I mean, they hung out with sheep. So how do you think they smelled? Not so good. There were no truck stops with the fancy showers back in those days. I mean, it was, that's all they had. And so they were physically dirty, but the religious people actually considered them spiritually dirty at the same time. So much so that a religious person would not even touch a shepherd. Because if their body touched a shepherd, then they would be considered spiritually unclean. I mean, can you imagine how these shepherds felt? You talk about feeling unworthy. Nobody wants to brush up against you. And so, yeah, they felt unworthy. Some of you guys in here, you feel unworthy. The reality is many of us feel that way because we come to church, we try to put on our church face, but we know the bad things we've done. And we think, man, if I know what I've done wrong, I shouldn't even be here. And you look around, look at everybody else's, especially at Christmas time. I mean, people got ties on. I mean, come on now. They look so Christmassy, so holly, so righteous. And you're like, oh, they, they look pretty good. And you're thinking to yourself, I almost killed my child on the way to church this morning. I mean, my arm being a little bit longer, I could have reached him, I could have took him out. You know, you drive and cut that out. You know, you just, and you're looking around, everybody else is like all so pretty and done up. You're like, man, I don't know how they, I don't know how. I, I just, I'm just not worthy. And so we feel unworthy. Second thing, I'm sure that the, the shepherds felt, and there is time where they felt very inadequate. They were uneducated, so they never felt like they measured up in society. And it's amazing when we compare ourselves to others how inadequate we can feel, isn't it? Tell the truth. You know, that person who graduated high school, they're making six figures. They got the house. They got the car with the heated steering wheel right now is a blessing. You know, come on. They got the 2.5 kids. I don't even know what that means. Still don't know what it means, but it means something. They've got it. Anytime we compare ourselves to others, it just that, that feeling of inadequacy just jumps right up. I mean, ladies, think about it. You go into your friend's home, their house is perfect, smells like candles, the floor is clean, the kid's hair is brushed, walk into your house, smells like laundry, you don't remember what kind of floors you have because you can't see them, you haven't seen a brush in years, come on, let's be honest. And that, that feeling of inadequacy when we compare ourselves to others. And even worse, spiritually, when they compared themselves to others, they felt very inadequate. I mean, one of the big rules of their days was you had to keep the Sabbath. You had to take a total day of rest. I saw the best meme the other day. 
is a picture of some kids getting ready to open a Christmas present. And it said, before you open the presents, you got to go feed the cows. Like, what? Are you, you can't take a day off. As a shepherd, you're not taking a day off. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Sheep needed protection. So physically, they could not do everything they were supposed to do. And so they felt consistently like spiritual failures. I think if you'd be honest, there's a lot in here that would admit that feeling. I mean, to be honest, you look around and you think, oh, they seem so close to Jesus. I mean, they're the kind of person that has a Bible verse for everything. You're like, I didn't even know that was a book in the Bible. You think their prayers are so powerful. Last time I was praying to God, I was praying, don't let me kill my kid today. And so they had this, this inadequance This kind of rises up in us. Shepherds felt this way. They felt very unworthy. They felt very inadequate. And third challenge the shepherds would have is they felt very unloved. In reality, most of them were thieves. It's a sad fact. But most of them were known as thieves. Even if you weren't, you were just known as a thief because you were a shepherd. That means they weren't trusted. That means people want to stay as far from them as they can. In fact, they were so distrusted as a shepherd, they were never, never allowed to give testimony in court because they couldn't be trusted. They wanted to get married. The father was not going to bless their daughter to be married to a shepherd. I mean, they're, they're filthy. They're uneducated. They had no hope, had no future. They were unloved. And the reality is that's, that's what a lot of people that walked in here feels. A lot of people you're up shoulders with feel. When there's some in here that you know your dad left when you were a kid, and you're wondering what's wrong with me. Some of you you might experience your first Christmas without your spouse because they picked somebody else. Some of you you may look in the mirror, you don't even like the person you, you see. If that feeling of unloved just overwhelms you, on, especially around the holidays. The perception on a day like today in church, as you look around, you think, well, they've got it all together. She's got it all together. He's more successful than I am. They've got a good family, but I, I'm screwed up. I just don't know why I am the way I am. Yet reality is you have no idea the pain of the people sitting in the rows behind you in front of you. Somebody that looks incredibly successful, has more money than you, does all these things, but feels so much pain, emptiness inside. They feel unworthy, inadequate, and unloved. And the bottom line, what I want to get to this morning is the bottom line is religion did not work for the shepherds. It couldn't work for their, for their life. It made them feel even more distant from God. And religion didn't work for the shepherds. And religion is not going to work for you and I. Some of you visitors are like, well, hang on a second. I thought you were supposed to be a pastor. What I'm saying is God didn't send Jesus to bring religion to the world. But actually in so many ways it set the world free from religion. To give us something better. 
See, the problem with religion is religion reduces Christianity to rules, to do's and don'ts. And, and many of you know that lifestyle, the do's and don'ts of Christianity. If I do the right thing, I feel better about myself. If I don't do the right thing, I mean, I, I'm supposed to be a good person, but because I drink and I, I smoke and I chew and blah, 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 blah. If you do that, and then you have to look right down at others, and you say, well, they're more religious because they don't do those. They obey more rules. And you see where religion can kind of put us in a bad spot. And Jesus looked at that kind of behavior. And he said, honestly, his paraphrases words, it makes me want to puke. He said to the Pharisees, you're so focused on the outside and the outside looks clean. The outside looks nice. The outside looks all put together. The inside where it matters is filthy. You see, religion didn't work for the shepherds and it doesn't work for us because Christianity was never meant to be a religion. It's meant to be a relationship. A relationship with God. That's why God sent a person. That's why God sent His Son. That's the good news. He said, okay, well, if that's the good news, if there's a Savior, what does that mean? How does this apply to our lives today? I want to show you for some of the clearest verses in the Bible written by Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul, many of you knew him, but before following Jesus, you knew what he thought about Christians. He wanted to kill everyone he saw. He was a leader against Christians. But then he met the love of God and was transformed. And here's what Paul says. Apostle Paul says, Romans 3.20. I'm going to read 3 through 20 to 22. But I want to break it down to smaller points. Verse 20. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. See that? No one can be made right with God by doing what the law commands. Basically he's saying you have no idea how good this is because... The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Okay? But what has God done? Verse 21. God has shown us a way to be made right with Him. That's the good news. The good news is He's shown us a way, way to be made right with Him without keeping the requirements of the law. Every one of us should be shouting glory right there because this is good news to us. So what does this mean? Verse 22. You're made right with God, not by observing the laws, but, come on, by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for who? Everyone who believes, no matter who we are. So let's break this down. Number one, good news is you can't earn God's acceptance. By observing the law. That means no matter how good you are, how many weekly services you go through, how many minutes you spend in prayer, how many chapters of Bible you read, you can't make yourself good enough by obeying the law. This is such good news for the shepherds because they live in a society where the Pharisees followed 613 laws. Are you kidding me? You try following 613 laws. There's no way. No way. I mean, you, your wife gives you three things to get to the grocery store. You forget two of them. We can't do 613. It's impossible. 
And Christians, we got the Ten Commandments, and God says, that's even too much. Let's make it easy. I'm going to give you two. Love God, love people. They're trying to obey 613 laws, and the shepherds physically could not do it. The good news is you can't do it either, even if you try. Verse 20 says, For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. So, so why do we have the law? What even is it there for? To show us our need for a Savior. To show us we can't do it on our own. Verse 20 again, For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. You can't. You can't be good enough. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Think about it. What does the law do? It reveals our need for a Savior. In our culture today, one of the fundamental flaws is thinking that people are actually good. If I asked you how many of you are basically a good person, I think 100% would raise your hand. What if I asked you, any of you in here, have you ever told a lie? I think 100% would raise their hand. And as you compare yourself to other people, it may be true you are a good person. Well, I'm, I'm not as bad as they are, but then we're not talking about comparison ourselves to other people. We're talking about comparing ourselves to God's standards, that we are all bad people. And until you see yourself as a senior, sinner, you'll never see your need for a Savior. And that's the problem with our society today. We don't need God. We don't need a Savior. I'm good. When you recognize we're not good people compared to God, then you recognize, oh my goodness, I need His grace. I need a Savior. And wherever you recognize you need a Savior, you're going to recognize this, that religion cannot save you. When you recognize I'm a sinner, then you won't be looking for salvation through religion. You'll be looking for salvation through a person. And that's the good news. 2,000 years ago, a Savior born to us. Christianity was never meant to be a religion, but a relationship with the loving God who sent His Son to reveal, to reveal just how good He was. That's the good news. The good news is you can't be good enough for God by observing the law. The purpose of the law is to so, show that we need a Savior. So how are we made right with God? How can we ever know we're in good standing with God? The good news teaches us. Really, righteousness with God comes by faith alone. We talked about this a while back. It's not Christ plus religion. It's not Christ plus church membership. It's not Christ plus giving money. It's not Christ plus good works. It's not Christ plus... Any, those other things are not bad, but those other things will do nothing for you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ plus nothing. That's what it is. That's where our faith alone is in Jesus Christ. Look at verse 22 again. We are made right with God. How? How? How do I know I'm good standings? By placing our faith in Jesus Christ. That's how we're made right. The angel appeared to the shepherds, the people that religion rejected, and said, Fear not. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. So how are you made right with God? By faith in Christ alone. Again, some of you walked in here, you're feeling... I'm not good enough. 
even on a Christmas morning, we're celebrating Jesus Christ. You're just, the enemy is reminding you all the things you've done in your past. You're like, I don't measure up. You're saying, how does this apply? And I've done this example before, but I'm going to do it again because it's so powerful as I slip off the stage there. So imagine, you're like, how am I good enough? God is a just God, right? That means there's got to be a penalty for sin. Now, either he, somebody's got to pay the penalty. That's where Jesus Christ steps in. Jesus Christ stepped in and paid a penalty for you and I. Before we accept Jesus Christ, we can't interact with God. There's that sin gap between us. Andrew, can I help you help me out? And so there's this gap between us. And, and so when we, we got that feeling of, I'm not good enough. How do I measure up? I, I don't know where I stand with God. But when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, you know what amazing thing happens? Here's what happens. Jesus, who died on the cross for you, what Jesus does is he takes his cloak off. I should have picked somebody a little bit bigger. I'm sorry. <laughs> but look at the point. What Jesus does, he takes his cloak off and puts it on us. So now when God looks down from heaven, what does God see? He sees his son, right? We're called sons and daughters of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why. Because now, how do I know if I'm worthy? I place my faith in Jesus. And now when God looks at me, he sees Jesus. That's what it is. That's how I know I'm good enough. I'm worthy enough. I won't, I won't bear it. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'll pick a bigger person next time. <laughs> but that's what it is. Jesus wraps us in his cloak. When you place your faith in Him, God no longer sees you as you are. He sees His righteousness. He sees His goodness. All you see is your past mistakes. All you see is your failures. All He sees is His righteousness. That was the good news for the shepherds. A people, a group of people who felt so disconnected from God. Never felt worthy enough in that one moment. Jesus wraps his arms around them when they, when they place their faith in Jesus. That's the power of the good news. Are you good enough for God on your own? No. But what God did for you through his son. This is why the religion, religion didn't work for his shepherds, but a relationship did. Religion is all about our efforts to please God. Relationship is about God's perfect word and satisfying the debt for sin through Jesus. Religion is about the do's and the don'ts. Relationship is about what God did in His perfect Religion says, I have to work hard. If I, want to, if I work hard, God might be pleased with me. 
Here's where it comes in. The best part is relationship says, because I'm accepted by God, therefore I want to work hard. Do you get that? I want to read my Bible. Why? Because I'm in a relationship. I want to know what Jesus is saying to me. I want to hear his words. I want to pray. Why? Because I want to get close to him. Not because I have to. No, because I'm in a relationship. You try going a week without speaking to your spouse. Now, don't shout amen. I'm just saying. What kind of relationship would that be? Where would you stand in that relationship? Not a good place, I'm telling you that. We don't work hard at these things, at coming to church, at reading the Word, at giving our tithes, at praying, because we want to earn a good spot. I'm working hard because I'm in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's a relationship, not religion. That's a game changer when you realize it. I mean, think about the shepherds. They felt like we do. The shepherds felt unworthy, inadequate, and sometimes unloved. Andrew, can I get you to come back up? Can I get a worship team to come on up? Again, the shepherds, they felt unworthy, inadequate, unloved. Here's your verse this morning. Fear not. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. So no matter how bad you've been or how bad you've messed up or how alone you feel, I want to read Romans 3.22 to you one more time. We are made right with God. Not by good works, not by religion, but by how? We're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. That's the good news. No matter who you are, a Savior has been born. His name is Jesus, and He is the Lord. That's Christmas right there. That's why we're celebrating his birth. Why? Because it's good news. If you walked in here this morning, you feel unworthy. You feel inadequate. You feel unloved. I got good news for you this morning. For unto you is born a child. That's the good news. Some of you have been trying your hardest to be good, follow the rules. It, it, you're good for two or three days, you're good for a week, but then it just it goes back to you losing your temple, you temper, you do this, you do that, and you're like, oh, just you come back to church, you go to worship like this, because I don't even feel like worshiping God, because he doesn't want to hear from me. I know who I am, he knows who I am. That's the good news. He chose you even when he knew your mistakes, your choices, your behaviors. Some of you keep, you're in this failure pattern because you're trying to do religion. 
want to challenge you to start a relationship with Jesus today. A relationship where you talk to him every day. A relationship where you go to him and say, hey, I, I lost my temper today. I'm sorry. A relationship where you listen to him. I don't you read the word. He'll speak to the word. As you start your prayer life, he'll begin to speak to you through your prayer life. So a relationship is where you talk and where you listen and where you grow together. That's a relationship. Some of you got religion. Let's be honest, you stink at religion. But a relationship, that's something every one of us can do. You think we got two commands, right? Love God, love people. You start down this path of relationship, he'll blow your mind at what that truly means and how actually challenging that really is. What you stand with us this morning? I know it's Christmas. I know you have a thousand things to do. I know some of you are watching the clock because you got to get that food on and people's going to be over. I understand. If you need to leave, feel free to leave. I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning to start a relationship with Him. You may be in here as a pastor. I've been going to church 30 years. That's okay. Because if you don't have a relationship with Him, it doesn't matter if you've been going to church 30 years, 40, 50, 60. It doesn't matter. I want to challenge you this morning. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Maybe some of you say, well, I've slipped into religion. I need to... We're going to open up these altars. I want to invite you to come and pray if you'd like. Come recommit to Him. Come let Him know you're in a relationship. You don't want religion. You don't have a relationship with you this is a great time to start say lord i would like to start a relationship with you i know i need you i know i need a savior i can't do this on my own will you forgive me and help me start this relationship? would you join us you can pray at your seat stand at your seat come to these altars if you want we'd love to pray with you you won't be alone i promise you that the worship team leads us let's go to lord in prayer this morning would you join us can i get some prayer warriors help us out